who's the spiritual master of his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. And Srila Prabhupada also was the foremost disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, having taken his order to preach Krishna consciousness in the English language and spread it all over the world, which Srila Prabhupada managed to do. Certainly, an extraordinary accomplishment and unprecedented in world history. Um, so, let's go over these uh, prana mantras for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. There are four Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale, Shimati Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Dinamine. I offer my respectful obeisances. Under his divine grace, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada, who is very dear to Lord Krishna on this earth, having taken shelter at his lotus feet. Sri Varshabhana Vidhevi Daitaya Kripabhjaye Krishna Sambandha Vigyana Daine Prabhavi Namaha. I offer my respectful obeisances to Sri Varshabhana Vidhevi Daita Das. That's the initiated name of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati who is favored by Srimati Radharani and who is the ocean of transcendental mercy and the deliverer of the science of Krishna. Madhuro Jwara Premadya Sri Rupa Nuga Bhaktida Sri Gaura Karuna Shakti Vigrahaya Namostute. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you, the personified energy of Sri Chaitanya's mercy, who delivered devotional service enriched with the conjugal love of Radha and Krishna coming exactly in the line of revelation of Srila Rupa Goswami. Namaste Gaurabhani Srimurtai Dinatarine Rupa Nuga Virudapa Siddhanta Dwanta Harine I offer my respectful obeisances unto you, who are the personified teachings of Lord Chaitanya. You are the deliverer of the fallen souls. You do not tolerate any statement against the teachings of devotional service enunciated by Srila Rupa Goswami. So those are the pranam mantras, very significant and full of meaning. So according to the lunar calendar, it was on this day, which corresponds uh, to February 6th, 1874, that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Goswami Maharaj appeared in this dark and cold material world. Um, and he appeared as the son of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who had single-handedly uh, revived the Krishna consciousness movement in the 19th century. Um, so first, um, I would like to give a little history of the Krishna consciousness movement. <clears throat> Lord Krishna appeared on this planet Earth uh, about 5,000 years ago. Uh, it was around 3300 BC, something like that. I forget the exact year, I didn't look it up. And he performed his pastimes on the Earth for 125 years. And then he left, uh, but he left behind his instructions in the form of Bhagavad Gita. And then, of course, the Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken um, by Srila Shukadeva Goswami, uh, 
and again repeated by Sutta Goswami as a gathering of the sages of Namasharanya, Shukadeva Goswami appeared on the scene when Maharaj Parikshit, uh, who is the uh, grandson of Arjuna, uh, had sat down on the bank of the Jamuna in order to, or the Ganga, in order to uh, prepare to leave his body, having been cursed by the son of a Brahmana, to die within seven days from the bite of a mythical, magical snake bird creature. So, when he sat down to fast until death, um, people from all over the universe, the great sages and sadhus and rishis and munis all gathered there at that place, and Srila Shukadeva Goswami came there, and um, he was given the, although he was only a 16-year-old boy at the time, he was given the seat on the Vyasasan to speak Krishna Kata to uh, Maharaj Pariksit, and thus we have uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, which was later on repeated by Sutta Goswami, who had been present at the original speaking. At the, there was a great gathering of the sages of Namasharanya to do a thousand-year-long sacrifice to counteract the ill effects, the pernicious effects of this age of Kali, which we all know about the ill effects of the age of Kali because we live it every day. <laughs> in our contemporary society. So there's no question about that. <clears throat> Whatever is in the Shastra is true, and then we can also see it with our own eyes and see what's going on around us. So some time passed, and Kali Yuga is a difficult time, and so the thread of Krishna consciousness, the teachings of Krishna that were imparted to Arjuna, were not widely disseminated or practiced very thoroughly, and there was some misunderstanding and some degradation there. Um, but then we have the, um, the Acharyas of the four Sampradayas. Um, they began to revive the Krishna consciousness movement especially uh, Ramanuja Acharya and Madhvacharya uh, in the Middle Ages. And then uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself in uh, 1480, what was it, what, what is it 1482? No, 1486. Uh, I just remember because I was in Mayapur in 1986 and that was the 500th anniversary. 1486, six years before before Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, um, appeared uh, and performed his pastimes of establishing the Yuga Dharma. In each Yuga, there is a Dharma, a religious practice for that Yuga. Krita yad hayato vishnum tritayam yajatomakai dwarpare paricharjavam kalota darikirtana. So in the Satya Yuga, the process is meditation. Kriteya Jayato Vishnu. Jayato Vishnu means meditating on Vishnu. So that's the recommended process. And people would meditate for 10,000 years. And they would live for 100,000 years. That's quite a long time. Uh, so, um, and we have been reading recently in Srimad Bhagavatam about how Kardama Muni meditated for 10,000 years also on the, at the Bindu Sarovara. So, 
That was the process of the Satya Yuga. And in the Treta Yuga, Treta Ramya Jatomakaya, the, the um, religious performance for that age, the Yuga Dharma, is a performance of sacrifice. So there would be great fire sacrifices involving tons of grains and tons of ghee and all kinds of gold and jewels and very elaborately performed. No one can afford those types of sacrifices these days. But formally, those things were done, and they were also uh, sponsored by the, uh, the great Rajas, the great kings who were fabulously wealthy and would engage their wealth for the spiritual purpose because they were pious, saintly kings. So that was the process, sacrifice. Then, Dwa Pare Parichajavam, which means that in the Dwarpa Yuga, the process was deity worship, temple worship which we have a remnant of here today. We were speaking this morning about the temple worship in London, Sri Sri Radha London Ishwara. They have very elaborate and extensive deity worship there in the London temple. Srila Prabhupada installed those deities in December 1969, and they've been worshipped continuously ever since. And their worship has increased. And so they have a very nicely organized program of involving everyone in the community in doing the deity worship in various aspects of the deity worship. And the deity, our deity worship here is very simple compared to theirs. Theirs is very complicated worship. Of course, our predominating deities here are Sri Sri Gornitai, who are very merciful, Paramakaruna, Bahundui Jan Nittai Gaurachandra. Paramakaruna, there was no one more merciful than these Dvijana, these two lords, uh, Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. So they're so very merciful that they will accept worship without offenses, even if it's done very simply. But there in London, they have the Radha Krishna uh, worship as established by Srila Prabhupada. Actually, you know the story how Srila Prabhupada got those deities. Um, he was planning to install Radha Krishna deities in the very place temple, which is being built by Shama Sundar. And they had no deities to install, yet Prabhupada had set a date in December for that installation, and they had no deities. And there was no time to get deities made in Indian broth. But somehow or other, Prabhupada had said, this is the day we're installing the deities. There are no deities. What are you going to install? <laughs> and then one man, Mr. Goyal, from a Hindu society in London, they had brought some Radhakrishna deities, marble Radhakrishna deities, from India, from Jaipur. And, but there, in transition, the little finger of Radharani had been broken. And so according to their uh, Hindu superstitious beliefs, one cannot install a deity who has been damaged like that. It's inauspicious. So, um, they had heard that the devotees, the ISKCON devotees, were looking for some deities, and they said, well, we can offer you these deities because, you know, we can't, they're not good enough for us because they're broken. So they, Prabhupada went over to see the deities. They went in the van. <laughs> they went to see the deities, and uh, Prabhupada was talking and chatting with them in a very friendly, kind of familial way. And they were, so they wanted to show the deities, they wanted to show the deities. Well, yes, 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 we can look, we can look. And they kept talking, they're talking. Finally, okay, let us see. And they, they unveiled the deities, and Prabhupada said, hmm. And he said, 
Shamasundar, go see how heavy is Krishna. And he picked him up and he's like straining because the deity is mild for him. He says, that's not too heavy, Prabhupada. Tomorrow Krishna, pick up Radharani, see how heavy she is. No problem, Prabhupada. Okay, let's go. And so he picked up the deities and took them out. And then Mr. Gaya was like, but, but, wait, wait, we have to make arrangements, we have to do this, oh, Swamiji, this and that, and the Prabhupada said, thank you very much. And then he left with the deities, took him in the van. They, they got in the van, Prabhupada said, drive. <laughs> so they, they drove around the corner, Prabhupada stopped the van. They stopped the van and he turned around, Prabhupada sitting in the front seat, Radha and Krishna were there. Chintamini Pragadasadma Sukhapariksha. So Prabhupada stole the deities, <laughs> more or less. Um, without any consideration. And the, so the deities were there. You just barely in time for the installation. So anyway, all this by way of saying how elaborate is their program. They involve everyone in the community. Devotees get up very early in the morning from their apartments and flats in the neighborhood and they go there. I saw one nice video online uh, about how they organize. And so many people are involved in that deity worship. And it's very wonderful thing that the whole community comes together. <clears throat> so Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared and um, he performed his pastimes and his uh, specific, one of his, he had many things he was accomplishing by his appearance. One of them was to spread the Yuga Dharma, which is the Kalota Dodi Kirtana. In the age of Kali, the process is the chanting of Hare Krishna. So this he did and he spread that chanting of Hare Krishna by traveling on foot all over India and having kirtan wherever he went. Uh, although later Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati said about the devotees in South India, they're very good devotees, they have firm faith in, in the Lord, in the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but they don't know how to do kirtan. That, they're, they're not, Lord Chaitanya taught them, but they have forgotten. So, after Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he had his direct disciples, the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, especially Srila Rupa and Sanatan, were his disciples. And he empowered them to write books and to mine the revealed scriptures for uh, Vaishnava conclusions uh, to establish and propagate the Krishna consciousness movement. And then they were joined by their nephew, Srila Jiva Goswami, who was a great scholar uh, and philosopher. Prabhupada says that Srila Jiva Goswami is the greatest scholar, uh, a philosopher, who ever lived in the history of the world. So, such a brilliant personality is Jiva Goswami. And then he, Jiva Goswami, had his disciples, Srinathan Das Thakur, and uh, Shamananda, and who's the third one? The famous book distribution party? Yeah, Shamananda, Narutam, and Srinivas, yes. Srinivas Thakur. So, Srinivas Acharya, who wrote the Sadhguru uh, Shonyastika. Srinivas, thank you. And uh, they were the original book distribution party who took the copies of the books of the Goswamis in a bullet cart and brought them to Bengal and Orissa and other places, Manipur. And they spread the Krishna consciousness movement. And then there were a few more Acharyas in the line through the uh, 16th and 17th centuries. But uh, gradually, 
the pure teachings of bhakti were lost and compromised. And so if you had asked people in the uh, 19th century, educated, intelligent Bengali people, if you brought up Vaishnavism to them, they would think, oh, these, Vaish these Vaishnavas, they are just rascals. They have bad moral character, and um, there's a poor excuse for spiritual life. Uh, so there are many pseudo-sects of Vaishnavism. What Apasampradayas, according to Bhakti Thakur, and he, Prabhupada lists them, uh, citing Bhakti Thakur in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Aula, Baula, Karti, Bhajana, all these different groups, Saki Bedis, and they were pseudo-Vaishnavas, or imitation Vaishnavas, who did not strictly follow uh, the regular principles of Krishna consciousness as established and codified by the six Goswamis, especially in the Hari Bhakti Vilas, uh, which gives all the rules and regulations and um, uh, procedures to live as a Vaishnava. So they're not following any of the rules and regulations, and they were a poor excuse for Vaishnavism. So Srila Bhakti Thakur comes along in the early part of the 19th century, and um, he was searching high and low for a copy of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and he could not find it. Finally, he found one copy uh, in Orissa of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the great philosophical work of Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, which we now have in English, rendered by Srila Prabhupada. And his mind was blown because he had studied all the Western philosophies and he was very highly educated uh, with a British education, spoke English fluently, um, and was also a very expert in Sanskrit. And he was a towering intellectual of his time. And he too had thought the Vaishnavas were just fools and rascals, which they were mostly, the so-called Vaishnavas. But when he read Chaitanya Charitamrita, his mind was blown. And he realized, this is actually the real Vaishnava teaching, the real Siddhanta uh, presented in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna himself, and Lord Nityananda is Balaram. Uh, so, uh, he began to single-handedly revive the Krishna consciousness movement, uh, writing books, printing and publishing books. That was his specific contribution. And he also established, re-established the true yoga peat, the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Mayapur. At that time, there was some pandas with some temples in Nabadui proclaiming that that was the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But they were professional pandas only, and they were doing it as a business to get pilgrims to come to their temple and give donations. But the real actual birthplace was lost. And Bhakti Thakur did extensive research consulting old maps, and he was very determined, and he did discover the Yoga Beat uh, and established a temple there. That temple is there to this day. Uh, <clears throat> so he was preaching, he was writing, he was district magistrate, he, was, he rose higher in the British civil service than any other Indian. Normally the district magistrates were uh, Englishmen, because at this time India was under the uh, colonial domination of Britain. Uh, but he was very educated and intelligent, and they promoted him to the position of district magistrate, which is like district 
court judge, like you have the, the district court of the, I don't know what it is here in Arizona, maybe part of the Western District of the United States or something like that. <clears throat> uh, so it's a big court, and it's just like one step below the Supreme Court. And he was the chief magistrate of that court in Jagannath Puri, and he was also deputed with the um, charge of the Jagannath Puri temple, which was not being run properly, so he reinstated all the proper uh, puja and procedures. They had 56 offerings a day of boga to Lord Jagannath. Um, so he reinstated all that and managed the temple very nicely. But he was trying to preach and spread the Krishna consciousness movement, but he realized, I need some help here. This is more than one man's job. So he prayed to Lord Chaitanya, my dear Lord Chaitanya, you please send me one of your associates to help me in this matter. And his prayer was answered in the form of his son, his fourth son, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Goswami Maharaj, who appeared on this day in 1874. Uh, and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, a most unusual and divine personality. Uh, when he was born, the, his, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck like a bombing thread. And then they had an astrologer do a reading, and the astrologer found in his chart all the 32 symptoms of a, a Maha Purusha, a great personality. And the astrologer said, I have never seen a chart where all these symptoms are fully present. I have never seen anything like this ever in all of my, he was an experienced astrologer. And in, in India they do the chart at the time of birth, the astrological calculation based on the moment of the birth and the arrangement of the stars. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. This is a great personality um, who will spread religion all over the world. So that was the prediction given at his birth by the astrologer. It was, the astrologer was not a member of ISKCON and was not uh, uh, induced by someone to say that. That was his own conclusions. So when, when uh, Jula Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was a young child, three or four years old, in the house of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, uh, some mangoes one day were brought in to the house. Um, and a little, his name is Bimal Prashad Dutta. So little Bimal Prashad, it's like we have our Bimal Prabhu, his name is Bimal Prashad, um, grabbed one of the mangoes and said, this is mine, it is my mango. And then Bhakti Vinod Thakur, his father, told him in a great voice that um, nothing belongs to us in this world and everything is meant for the pleasure of Krishna. So whenever some fruit comes into the house, it must be offered to Krishna first. So therefore you cannot take it before it is offered to Krishna, to the household deity. And uh, so Bhakti, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur gave the mango back and then Whenever he was offered mango at any time after that, he would refuse. He says, no, I cannot take mango. I am an offender. And this, he took a vow on the spot to never take mango again. Of course, everyone knows how wonderful mango is, especially if you have a ripe mango that's been ripened on the tree. That is very first class. <laughs> 
king of fruits, Prabhupada says. So uh, he took that vow never to take mango again. And then later, even when he was a big acharya in the Gaudiya Math with so many thousands of disciples, um, they would offer him mango and he would say, I cannot take, I am a fender. Even though something happened when he was three or four years old. Now normally, a three or four year old child does something like that and yeah, it's just a kid, it's no big deal. You don't hold it against him. You try to teach them, but it's not like a big offense or something like that. It's a harmless, innocent thing that a child does. Because it's children, what do they know? They don't, until they become trained up. Uh, of course, when one is adult, one should not be foolish like a child. Uh, yeah, he took it so seriously. So this is another sign of a great personality. Uh, then later, he was enrolled in school, but when he was in school, he wasn't very much interested in the books that he was given at school, the things he was supposed to learn. Rather, he was interested in reading the books of his father, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and studying them. By the time he was seven years old, he had memorized the entire Bhagavad Gita. Not only had he memorized the Gita, but he could give Gita class, he could preach on the verses of Gita at age seven. Uh, tremendous, tremendous thing. Who, what seven-year-old child can recite the entire Bhagavad Gita and then give fantastic uh, Gita classes based on understanding of the Gita according to the Parampara? <laughs> well, Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati did this. Uh, don't try this at home. However, even though we're not seven-year-old children, we should try to Memorize, grasp, understand the entire content of Srimad Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and all of Prabhupada's books and um, be able to explain them to others also. So, as it turns out, um, it was discovered that he had an eidetic memory, which we call a photographic memory, and everything that he read, even only having read it once, he remembered it. So this is called in Sanskrit a Shrutidhar. So in former ages, there were many Shrutidhars, people of great, everyone had great intellect and memory, but due to the deterioration of Kali Yuga, that is no longer the case. Um, as one rock and roll artist had the record entitled, If I Could Only Remember My Name, uh, due to intoxication and indulgence and so much sense gratification, I don't even know, I can't remember what my name is, who am I? I'm just in a fog, a daze, a haze of sense gratification. That is the contemporary heroes of our culture. So, uh, so he would read the school books and when he had to give the answers to the questions, he knew everything. But he didn't spend much time on those books, he spent all his time on Bhaktivinoda Thakur's books. And then from that very young age, Bhaktivinoda Thakur trained him in editing, proofreading, uh, publishing, operating the presses. Uh, so he was very trained up in book publication and production, which is something that he later exhibited when he began his preaching in the Gaudiya Math. And indeed, the publication, printing, and distribution of Krishna conscious books was so important to him that when he had the logo drawn up for the Gaudiya Math, on that logo was a printing press, you know, old-fashioned offset, press, a hand press, um, that like the old presses they had in India at the time. 
and there was a murdanga, and then, you know, for the chanting of the holy name, and there's a lotus flower, and there's a press. And some people look at that and say, well, that's a machine, a mechanical contrivance. How is that spiritual? Well, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur understood very well, having been trained by Bhakti Minot Thakur, the importance of uh, printing, publishing, and distributing transcendental books. A, um, something that Srila Prabhupada has carried forth to this day in ISKCON. Um, therefore, Prabhupada was always emphasizing printing, publishing, distributing, writing, and preaching uh, of transcendental books. So this has been going on a long time. Well, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had that printing press. And it, it's in the book Bhakti Siddhanta Vaibhava. It's a picture of that logo. Uh, and there you see the printing press, the transcendental uh, press, the medium for spreading Krishna consciousness. And that press he called the Brihat Murdanga. So the Murdanga, the Kirtan party, you can hear that for a block, maybe two blocks. You know, when, when we go into that bridge on 4th Avenue, you can really hear the Murdanga boom, reverberating. Uh, but the Brihat Murdanga, the, the transcendental books, that is, can be heard all over the world. So it is much louder than the kirtan party. It is a recorded kirtan. Uh, and then when someone re reads that book, then the kirtan is uh, expressed into their consciousness. So that is the Brihat Murdanga that can be heard all over the world. Uh, as we've been hearing from uh, Vaisheshika Prabhu's book about how the pen is mightier than the sword. So someone may try to conquer with the sword and armies, different countries, but with the pen um, and distribution of Krishna conscious books, the whole world can be conquered for the service of Krishna. Uh, therefore, that is the mission of the Krishna consciousness movement. So I'd like to read uh, something I found, some words of wisdom from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. These are things that he has written and there are some 25 points here. First one, we are put to test and trial in this world. Only those who attend the kirtan of the devotees can succeed. So everyone is struggling and suffering in this material world, but real success in our spiritual life is by hearing the Krishna kirtan that's vibrated by the devotees. And he says, <clears throat> every spot on earth where discourses on God are held is a place of pilgrimage. And he's referring to the bona fide Harikata, uh, Krishna consciousness, not bogus speculations and impersonal uh, utterings of unrealized persons who are not following Vaishnava Dharma. So every spot on earth, and this is a, the contribution that Srila Prabhupada has made he has created so many spots on the earth where discourses of God are heard, thus creating places of pilgrimage. And we have that in each one of our temples uh, all over the world, some 600 plus temples. Possessions of objects not related to Krishna is our main malady. So someone can criticize, well, you have that computer. Yes, but what is on the computer screen? What is on the computer screen is the sayings of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. 
So that is in relation to Krishna. That is not ordinary mundane thing like uh, so many things that are online. So much nonsense is on there. So much news and Grami Kata uh, or what uh, Bhakti Santa Saraswati also calls Bazaar Kata. That's what you hear in the marketplace. Everyone in the marketplace is talking, gossiping. Oh, he did this, she did that. And then, and then our, our uh, current uh, widespread media, we have so much kata. The president said this, he did that. This politician did that. And they're all fools and rascals. And they're all talking about foolish and rascal kata or subject matter. But for the devotees, uh, what we uh, discuss is things in relation to Krishna. And then objects that we have are used in the service of Krishna, including the microphone, the sound system, the building, the marble floor, uh, the boga that we get from the produce place. We have Krishna Prasada restaurant. All the things we do, these are in relation to Krishna. Number four, let me not desire anything but the highest good for my worst enemies. And what is that highest good that we desire for everyone is to become Krishna conscious, whether they want it or not. So, number five, as dalliance with the body and luxury increases, so wanes the spirit of service to the Lord. Uh, so the more we're interested in uh, indulging in the necessities of the body and enjoying that, then the more our Krishna consciousness is diminished. Whereas the more we uh, seriously and sincerely engage ourselves in the service of Krishna, and then the more that uh, feeling the uh, desire, necessity to uh, simply serve this body decreases. Number six, those favored by God find their paths set by thorns. So if you want to become Krishna conscious, understand it's not going to be easy. It's not an easy, easy life, easy going, mellow, everything's beautiful, baby, you know. Take it easy. No, that is not Krishna consciousness. If you want to take it easy, you came to the wrong place. <laughs> because to, to surrender to Krishna uh, is a very difficult thing and it requires great endeavor and seriousness. And many, many, many obstacles will be thrown in the way. Set by thorns will be the path. And that's for those who have the mercy of God. So an evidence of the mercy of God is not everything is very the way I want it. No. The mercy of God means I am struggling like anything to serve Krishna, even though living in this body, in this world. Number seven. There is no peace or happiness in our worldly life. Circumstances create turmoil and annoyance. That is an analysis of the material world that is very astute that we find also in Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, there are so many powerful verses in Bhagavatam that elucidate the sufferings of the conditioned soul. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, This life is temporary and full of miseries. Then why do you waste your time in all this? Rather, take to the service of the Lord. Number eight, chant the Maha Mantra loudly and with attachment. This will drive away inertia, worldly evils, and pests. So the Hare Krishna Mantra uh, drives away everything inauspicious and creates a situation where everything becomes auspicious. 
for the execution of Krishna consciousness. Number nine, be indifferent to bizarre gossips. There it is. Stick firmly to your cherished goals. No lack or impediments of the world will ever stand in your way. So if we are determined to surrender to Krishna, nothing can stop us. What can stop us? The only thing that can stop us is we ourselves, losing our determination or developing some other type of desire. That will stand in the way. Number 10, pay due respects to the extroverts of the world, but do not be appreciative of their manners and conduct. They are to be shaken off from your mind. So there are so many shrestas or leaders in human society, non-devotee leaders, um, philosophers, professors, educators, sports stars, uh, music stars, uh, politicians, great thinkers, leaders of society, who are, uh, people who give TED Talks, who instruct us in so many ways what is we should be doing. So we offer our due respects, but we do not appreciate either their manners or their conduct, and they are to be discarded from the mind. That's one of the six principles of Sharanagati, of surrender, is that one accepts everything favorable for the execution of Krishna consciousness, and one rejects everything unfavorable. So following in the footsteps of the fools and the rascals and the meat eaters and the atheists and the impersonalists, that is not an attractive proposition for one who wants to become Krishna conscious. Rather, um, he says, they are to be shaken off from your mind. And number 11, a devotee feels the presence of God everywhere, but one averse to the Lord denies his existence anywhere. Very nice. Number 12, you cannot appreciate transcendental matters with the reasoning of the world. It is sheer nonsense to decry them with the measuring stick of your intellect. So transcendental matters are not understood by ordinary uh, material arguments and reasoning. Rather, they accept, are accepted by submissive hearing and rendering of service. And just like in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that uh, approach the, the spiritual master, one who has seen the truth, who knows the truth. Approach him with submission and service. Inquire from him and render service submissively. Then you too can attain the platform of Krishna consciousness. But not by speculation. Not by applying. You cannot measure God with the scientific instruments which are extensions of our uh, senses. So we cannot grasp God with our intellect, with our material reasoning. Rather, we have to hear from authorities. Number 13, to recite the name of Sri Krishna is bhakti. Number 14, life is for the glorification of topics on Hari. If that is stopped, then what need is there to carry on life? Number 15, this is a, this is a really good one here. Physical illness with Hari Bhajan is preferred to physical fitness without Hari Bhajan. So, so many people there are concerned about their physical fitness, yet their spiritual life is non-existent. And they think that their physical fitness is their spiritual life. We have many people like that who come to our restaurant for reasons of health and they want to promote physical fitness or they want to use yoga for physical fitness. Uh, but, uh, Physical fitness without Krishna consciousness is preferable to be sick and engaged in Hari Bhajan. 
Number 16, our life, our span of life on earth is short. Our life will be crowned with success if the body wears out with constant discourses on Hardy. So if you do what Srila Prabhupada did, Srila Prabhupada wore his body out. He just gave his body to the service of Krishna. He traveled all over the world. He spread the Krishna consciousness movement. He gave every ounce of energy he had. He got up every morning at one o'clock in the morning after taking rest at like 10, 30. Then he would get up and begin to translate. He wasted not a moment and he traveled all over the earth. This in his 70s and early 80s. I mean, who, who can imagine someone doing like that? We cannot do like that in our much younger age. Uh, <clears throat> still, so wear out your body in the service of Krishna instead of trying to um, keep the body fit for sense gratification. Use that body for Krishna's service. Do whatever you have to do to maintain your health. But give everything to Krishna. That is the point. Uh, even to the point of just wearing out the body and destroying it. Number 17. We are not here on earth to work as artisans for making big buildings with wooden stone, but to work only as messengers for the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Dev. Number 18. A sycophant is neither a guru or a preacher. So who knows what a sycophant is? Somebody that kisses butt. That's a sycophant. Somebody who flatters people in a superior position to gain favor from them. Uh, there are many other synonyms given in the dictionary. Apple polisher, brown noser. You know what a brown noser is? Somebody's so busy kissing butt that they nose gets contaminated with stool. <laughs> too too grabby. Yeah, well, that's what the word, that's in the dictionary. That's what the word means. So, uh, that is not what we do. We're not trying to flatter materialists to get some money from them or to gain some favor. No. And that is neither a guru nor a preacher. Number 19, to transform the adverse desires of the jivas is the supreme duty of the most merciful. To rescue one person from the stronghold of Mahamaya is an act of superb benevolence, far superior to opening innumerable hospitals. So materialistic people think that opening schools or hospitals is the highest welfare work. Uh, number 20, unless we are devoted to God, secularism shall not move us. 21, look within, amend yourself rather than pry into the frailties of others. Number 22, in this world of Maya, averse to the Lord, full of trials and tribulations, only patience, humility, and respect for others are our friends for Hari Bhajan. Hari Bhajan means worshiping Krishna or Krishna consciousness. 23, the Lord Gaurasundar puts his devotees in various difficulties and associations to test their patience and strength of mind. Success depends on their good fortune. Number 24, when faults in others misguide and delude you, have patience, introspect, find faults in yourself. Know that others cannot harm you unless you harm yourself. So no one can, I was mentioning earlier, no one can stop us from being Krishna conscious. Only we ourselves can be an impediment to our Krishna consciousness by not taking it seriously. <clears throat> one time Srila Prabhupada was in a, having a room conversation in a group of devotees, and he said, who is the devotee's worst enemy? And <laughs> devotees were trying to think, you know, 
sex life, attachment, um, the material energy, Maya, and Prabhupada said, who is your worst enemy? It is you. You are your worst enemy. Only you can stop yourself from becoming Krishna conscious by being inattentive or pursuing other desires. And number 25, this is the conclusion. I wish that every selfless, tender-hearted person of Gaudiya Math will be prepared to shed 200 gallons of blood for the nourishment of the spiritual corpus of every individual of this world. So that is the spirit of self-sacrifice that he wanted every member of the Gaudiya Math to do. And who shed hundreds of gallons of blood for the nourishment of every entity in the world, our own Srila Prabhupada exhibited that. He gave his life for that purpose only. So that is some of the teachings of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And there's much more. Uh, a class that covers the topics of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur could go on for hours and hours and hours and fill volumes of books. As a matter of fact, it has filled volumes of various books. This is one such book here written by uh, Rupa Vilas Prabhu, one of our scholarly Iskand devotees, called Araya Vishnu. He lived for Vrindavan in many years, and he collected all these bits and pieces of nectar and recorded tapes of devotees giving class, and he found books from the Gaudiya Math and different things. And then one devotee told him that, you were like a miser. You're just collecting and keeping all this material. Uh, why don't you publish it in the form of a book for all the devotees to relish? Because he noticed that whenever he would give a class on the appearance day of the Acharyas, the devotees really liked it a lot and would become enlivened by hearing about different personalities, great personalities in the Krishna consciousness movement. So then he published this book, Araya Vishnu, which is a wonderful book. You can't borrow this from me, but um, if you can find it, you can read it. So I'll stop here. I'm a little stingy about loaning out books because it's hard to come by. You can't find this book that many places. I think maybe Ananta has it also. This is a paperback copy that I got from Rupa Vilas in 1980. even has like a, a cut, a tear in the cover. When was this published? <coughs> New Jaipur Press, yeah. I went there. <laughs> 1988, yes, and I got this book. When he was in uh, New Jaipur, which was the Mrs. Uh, uh, the Vedic River farm, which is no longer there. And he was living there and wrote, published this book. So any questions, comments? Anyone want to offer any realizations about Jiva Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the grandfather of the Krishna consciousness movement? Yes. I, just, I always thought he, he tasted the mango, but he didn't even taste it. He just said that was mine. They're different accounts. I'm repeating the one I heard in this book. And then I just read something recently that um, he did accept um, mango pickles from his disciples later. I haven't heard that one. Mango pickles. Who's in Gangay and stuff? It's mango transformed. It's like yogurt. It's milk, but it's not. It's mango, but it's not mango. It's pickle. <laughs> well, fortunately, we uh, we can also take mango. Yeah. We're not enjoined 
But he did that just to show us what is real renunciation. Highly renounced person, Naishtika Brahmachari, celibate throughout his lifetime. And then I thought it was interesting that the Rathyatra car had stopped for three days in front of his house, and then the mom brought him out, and then he took the feet before Jagannath and the Garland fell on him. Yep. That's right. That is his pastime. He was a couple of months old at the time. Anyone else? All right. Thank you very much. Fasting till noon today. Save your breakfast prasadam till noon and then break the fast. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. We are, yeah.